Welcome to another worldwide podcast of the decline and fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Holly Springs studios in the great state of North Carolina. Today, we have a fascinating and interesting subject for discussion. We're going to be talking about how the bus system in the United States has collapsed. Let me repeat that. We're going to be talking about how the bus system in the United States has collapsed. Now, you may say, why do I care about this? Well, you might be interested to know that 60 million Americans depend on buses as their primary source of transportation. Now, there's over 300 million Americans, so that's about one in five Americans. They don't drive a car. They cannot fly on a plane or don't fly on a plane for whatever reason. They use buses as their primary transportation. So if you have 60 million Americans without any form of transportation, you've got a problem. And that's what we have in the United States. So part of the problem is caused because the private companies can't make enough money running the bus systems. Part of the problem is because our broken and corrupt federal government keeps sending all of our money to foreign countries while they say that there is no money for the bus system in the United States. So while American taxpayers pay into the federal government and expect services in return, federal government says, sorry, we can't afford to pay or subsidize the bus services. Meanwhile, they send trillions of dollars to foreign countries to fight foreign wars. That's what we've got going on here, people. So I'll be reading an article today from CNN. This is from CNN.com, their online news source. So you can read it if you want to. It came out this week, December 17, 2023. And the headline of the article is, Greyhound bus stops are valuable assets. Here's who's cashing in on them. You might find this as interesting as I did. And afterwards, we'll discuss it. See what you think. Okay, here's the article. Quote, you can't get here from there. That's the increasing problem facing around 60 million Americans who depend on intercity buses. Intercity bus lines like Greyhound, Trailways, and Megabus, an overlooked but essential part of America's transportation system, carry twice the number of people who take Amtrak every year, but the whole network faces a growing crisis. Greyhound and other private companies' bus terminals are rapidly closing around the country. In Houston, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Tampa, Louisville, Charlottesville, Portland, Oregon, and other downtown bus stops have shuttered in recent years. Bus terminals in major hubs like Chicago and Dallas are also set to close. Greyhound and other companies have relocated their stops far away from the city centers, which are often inaccessible by public transit, and they have switched to curbside service or eliminated routes altogether. These stations were built decades ago, and they're shuttering because of the high operating costs, government underfunding, and surprisingly, the entrance of a hedge fund that is buying up Greyhound's real estate for lucrative resales. Greyhound terminal closures in one state can unravel service in others, and the closures threaten to break the comprehensive web of national bus routes. Greyhound suspended service for a year in Jackson, Mississippi, after the terminal closed, and then they also left Little Rock, Arkansas after a closure. Quote, all this is happening at once, and it's really startling, said Joseph Schweiderman, a DePaul University professor who researches intercity bus travel 
and directs the university's Chadwick Institute for Metropolitan Development, quote, you're taking mobility away from disproportionately low-income and mobility-challenged citizens who don't have other options, unquote. Roughly three-quarters of the inner-city bus riders have annual incomes of less than $40,000. More than a quarter would not make their trip if bus service is not available, according to the surveys by the Midwestern governments reviewed by DePaul University. Inner-city bus riders are also disproportionately minorities, people with disabilities, and unemployed travelers. A spokesperson for Greyhound, which is now owned by the German company Fix Mobility, said it strives to offer customers the most options for their connections, but it has encountered challenges in some instances. The spokespersons also said they're actively engaging in local stakeholders to emphasize the importance of supporting affordable and equitable intercity bus travel. The terminal closures have been accelerating at Greyhound. The largest carrier sells its valuable terminals to investors, including hedge fund Alden Global Capital. Last year, Alden's subsidiary, 20 Lakes Holdings, purchased 33 Greyhound stations for $140 million. Alden is best known for buying up local newspapers like the Chicago Tribune, the New York Daily News, and the Baltimore Sun, cutting staff and selling some of its iconic downtown buildings. Alden has started to sell the Greyhound depots to real estate developers, speeding up the timetables for closures. Quote, I don't know the specific details of each building, but it's clear what is happening here. An important piece of the transit infrastructure is being sacrificed in the name of higher profits, said Stigen von Neuerberger, a professor of real estate at Columbia's Business School. Twenty Lakes Holdings did not respond to requests for comments. Attempts to reach Alden were unsuccessful. The closures are the latest pressure point in inner-city bus travel, which has been neglected for decades. Local, state, and federal agencies have underinvested, underinvested in intercity bus travel and have relied on private companies to provide an essential bu- public service for mostly low-income passengers. Some cities have been hostile to intercity buses and blocked efforts to relocate the terminals. Quote, the public sectors turned a cold shoulder to buses. DePaul Schweiderman said, we subsidize public transit abundantly, but we don't see this as an extension of our transit system. Few governments view it as their mandate. Bus terminals are costly for companies to operate, maintain, and pay property taxes on. Many have deteriorated over the years, becoming blighted properties, struggling with homelessness, crime, and other issues. But the terminal closures cause a ripple effect of problems. Travelers then cannot use the bathroom. They cannot stay out of the harsh, harsh weather. They cannot get something to eat while they wait. People transferring late at night, early in the morning, sometimes with long layovers, have no place to safely wait or sleep. It's worse in the cold rain, snow, or extreme heat. Bus carriers often try to switch to curbside service when a terminal closes, but curbside bus service clogs up city streets with passengers and their luggage. It snarls the traffic, increases the pollution, frustrates the local business owners. In Philadelphia, Greyhound Terminal Closure switched to curbside service after its lease ended, and it turned into a, quote, humanitarian disaster and, quote, a municipal disgrace with people waiting on street corners. In Cincinnati, the Greyhound Terminal closed last year after a sale, and then they relocated to a suburban area far from public transportation. 
A trailer in a parking lot became the new Greyhound stop with limited seating inside, two restrooms, and no food. It's open 12.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. It, quote, it was plopped in the middle of nowhere, said Cam Hardy, the president of Better Bus Coalition, a transit advocacy group in the Cincinnati area. Hardy himself takes the Greyhound bus to Indianapolis frequently. Quote, it's suffering big time. I'm really concerned, Hardy said. I think about the elders and people waiting in inclement weather. People need a secure, safe place to wait and clear instructions if there's a delay. Although intercity bus travel is an afterthought to many people today, it had been an important part of the American transportation system since the early 20th century, delivering both rich and poor families across the country. Well, the article goes on from there. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It is pretty long. And CNN, in this particular case, although it's a declining news source, it did have a pretty good article there, and I, I know it's pretty good as it continues. But basically what it's saying is the bus services, intercity bus services, are dying. You know, companies like Megabus and Greyhound are selling their real estate assets. They're selling them to private equity and hedge funds, and those vultures just take that real estate and tear it down and sell it to some developer that's going to build something different there. It's not going to be a bus station. And meanwhile, the local governments and the state and federal governments do nothing. And the federal government just sends our money overseas to buy bombs for foreign countries and foreign wars that we have no national interest in. So that's what's going on. And you may say, well, why do I care? You don't ride the bus. Well, 60 million other Americans do. Sometimes they do it for business, and sometimes they do it for pleasure, and sometimes they do it because they have to. I mean, let's face it, if you're poor and you've just joined the military and you've got to travel across the country to a base in order to report for duty and you don't have a car, the only way you're going to get there probably is going to be by bus, especially if you can't afford the plane ticket. Uh, if you're getting out of prison somewhere and you need to return home or you need to travel somewhere to report to your probation or parole office or to get a job opportunity or to go live with family or whatever the case may be, if you don't have a car and you can't afford a plane, you're probably going to end up on the bus, if there is one. If you're a business person and your cars break down or you arrive at an airport and they're out of rent-a-cars and you need to get somewhere for business or leisure travel, you get to an airport and you don't have a car and there is no rent-a-car and you need to rely on a bus and you find out there is no bus service because the bus terminals have closed and there are no more buses to the destination you want to go to. Well, you're stuck. I mean, there's a thousand scenarios that play out. I mean, you know, I've ridden the bus in my life. Maybe you're a college kid and you're taking a college spring break vacation or a winter break vacation or you're just going home to your family. A lot of people take the bus. Or you're trying to get to an airport and you don't have a car and the only way that your smaller community can get to an airport is to ride to a bus, excuse me, ride, drive, uh, take a, a car or a bus to an airport that's several hours away. Well, if you don't have a car, how are you going to get to the airport or the train station? If you don't have a car, you, it's the bus. And if there is no bus, what are you going to do? There is a ripple effect. It's not good for the economy. It's not good for 60 million Americans to have no public or private transportation. Again, 60 million Americans rely on the bus as their primary source of transportation. And if you're elderly or disabled and you cannot drive, how do you get around? You guessed it. In most places, you're getting around by the bus. What if there is no bus or no bus station or you arrive 
the bus drops you off and there's no place to wait indoors. There's no bathroom. And your connection for the next bus to a different place isn't for hours or maybe even the next day. What are you supposed to do? Wait outside in the snow or the rain? I mean, this is a tragedy that is unfolding across the United States. So I believe it's just one more, one more piece of this quilt of the decline in the fall of America. What do you think? I'm Charles Factor, your worldwide podcasting host, broadcasting live from the Holly Springs studios in the great state of North Carolina, wishing you a great day.